Honestly, it comes down to you if you can make a session in like a week, if that's enough time for you. Here's the sad truth. It won't change my workflow at all because (laughs) typically I wait for a week to start doing it anyway. I, I apparently am motivated highly by deadlines. Welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things Dwarfy. I'm Jonathan. I am Raymond. We are here today just to be in Roland, at least for the time being. So how's it been, Roland? It's it's quite hot here, so I've been barricaded in my room for a while. Also, holidays are coming up, and holidays means Dwarf Fortress time. Cool, cool. I don't think that we get. I'm I'm being pessimistic about like the Steam release. I know, but I don't think that I get the Steam release before my birthday. Yeah, let's see. It would it would be nice. I don't think so either. Just yeah. just hearing some of the interviews that that Tarn gave over the last uh, that I've watched over the last week. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, maybe a little bit longer than we were we were kind of hoping. Things look mm-hmm. nice, but it sounds like things are still quite a ways from being uh, complete. Yeah, yeah, sadly. Yeah. So, have you done any fortressing over the last couple of weeks? I wasn't doing fortressing myself, but I was trying to get the friends into uh, a fortress. How'd that go? Um, I've noticed that I have a very distinct plan of fortress layouts in my head. And I was really, really trying to not say anything about the layouts that they made because I wanted to let them their freedom so that they can come up with their own layouts um, so that their fortress doesn't look like my fortress if you get my drift right fortress layout is is one of the one of the creativity outlets that's into a fortress so yeah Mm -hmm. then i wanted to show older fortresses of mine to them and i realized how much my own layout changed over the last even just the last year because i still have most of my fortresses there most of my worlds intact. So they're all still on my computer and I can still load them up. And all those layouts have changed so much. For example, there was one where I just had a volcano and I barreled down besides, uh, uh, like next to the volcano itself. And it looked horrible. And it also worked really horrible because my my, my dwarves had so much places to go, and I only had one big stairwell. Or, for example, even like the simple thing of putting your tanner workshop next to your butcher workshop so that the like fresh hides don't have to go that far mm-hmm. to to get tanned. You know, it's it's really simple, really, but. I did not know that, and I didn't do that. So my tanner's workshops are like way, 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 way down with the clothing stuff because this is where my leather working is. 
I think that the biggest change for me for my uh, fortress layouts, I have really started thinking more in three dimensions than I used to. When I first started playing, everything was laid out pretty much on one level, and I would end up having my dwarves walk 20 steps to get from the mason's workshop to the stone stockpile. And I didn't really realize that it was much closer that, you know, 20 Z levels down is the same in Dwarf Fortress as 20 steps on the same level. Yeah, so, yeah. so, yeah, so, you know, it's, you have so much more room to work with than you really think, which is another argument to, to, to embark with a three by three or a two by two uh, to make things go faster because you can always go down. I did not know that either, like with the sea level stuff and so on. And I did the put it all in one layer layout for like the longest time. And I've noticed uh, that one of my fortresses is very unique. It is very different from the things that I usually did. It just looks so, so different that when I loaded it up, I was confused on what the hell I was doing there. This fortress was actually the fortress that I played the longest. And I think... Is that the one where you were working for world domination? I mean, it's that's basically me playing the game. But um, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, When we first started recording, you were working on a fortress that the idea was to to make all other uh, civilizations extinct and have, uh, you know, basically kill all the elves, kill all the goblins, kill all the humans. Yeah, that that was it. Um, And for the reason I... I lived on like a small island full of zombies and what I wanted to do was basically make a shaft down to the hellscape and as soon as my military bodies are buff I would breach into the hellscape and then release the demons into the world and I took like a long 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 time with that because i wanted to make sure that it works it it is good my my military is now sufficient and strong enough and so on that layout changed so much just by me taking my sweet sweet time with it and it it is really noticeable and how much this very fortress influenced the others that i played after that it, it's cool. It's really cool to see. So what I'm basically trying to say is make sure to save your fortresses and maybe load them up. You don't have to play them. Just load them up and and look into them because you will be surprised how much it probably changed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do that. I typically will just delete a, a previous version of Dwarf Fortress whenever I download a new one, and, and with that deletion goes all of my past fortresses. So. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, I'm always saving the, the, uh, the save folder. Yeah, I should start doing that. Alright, it really stinks when my dwarves won't wear boots, low boots or high boots. I can't figure out how to make them wear boots. 
It's really great when my dwarves decide to go out in the rain during a siege. Get in the burrow, you nuggets! So there's been my audio problem that I've been having for weeks with my uh, with with my Windows box, but I also just recently did a update on my Intel. I've got a, a you know Intel integrated graphics on my on my machine, and I updated the drivers for the Intel graphics drivers, and it made it such that. I can't run text will be text anymore. It puts these ugly green bars across my across my screen. And I have pretty much isolated it down to the Intel drivers that are causing it. And I can still play Vanilla Dwarf Fortress, but I can't play any of the the sets or packs that do better with text will be text because anytime I turn text will be text on, it fries my fries my display, fries the window. So I'm kind of waiting for Intel to come out with an update to their drivers for that. Happily for me, it's not just Dwarf Fortress that's affected. I saw that there was uh, Dwarf Fortress is affected. Um, there's a, a Doom port that was affected. Not that Intel would update just for those things. But it also affects an Adobe program. I think it's called Adobe Producer. But anyway, it's an, it's an Adobe program. So if, if there's an Adobe program that people use for photo editing or video editing that's affected by this bug, then it's going to end up getting fixed. So. so you have to wait for the bug fix itself? Yeah, I have actually tried playing, and I'm going through the t different tile sets, which actually has been interesting in itself. But I'm going through the tile sets to find out which ones look the least bad, whether that text will be text. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's been a challenge the last couple of weeks for for my Dwarf Fortress play, at least at least on Windows. And I'm also having my own problems with playing it on Linux too. With uh, it turns out that my new version of Ubuntu that I've got installed here, uh, 2004, does not have Python 2 installed by default, and the Linux or the Lazy Noob Pack uses Python 2 to uh, to run. So. Actually, today I tried to install Python 2. I did install it, but for whatever reason, I still didn't get, get it to work. So, I never had such extreme bugs in my game, um, but I currently have a little problem that sometimes there is just a space in between letters, which makes it really hard to like read. And sometimes the letters themselves are not there you can't see them but if i resize my screen then it's fine probably like what i just resized my screen and it's gone i can read again it makes no sense the adams brothers are great because they made possibly the most intriguing and intricate game that I've ever encountered after uh, decades and decades of, of living on this earth. All right, so let's uh, let's move on to the dev notes section. Dev notes, it seems to be more of the same and it probably will be 
for the foreseeable future because uh, they're still working on the Steam release. They're still working on graphics stuff. And I don't really know that there's much else to say about it. Tarn has been on several interviews lately that has been on various various platforms. And in each of them, he has been talking about uh, the, the Steam work. And while everything seems to be progressing well, it also seems that they are a long way from a release. You had hoped for your birthday release, right? Yeah, it's it's definitely not happening. Um, but, you know, usually I, whenever um, there is an update which involves, like, graphical stuff that is fairly easy to understand and it's not like, Death notes. Oh yeah, we we fixed cats being drunk and etc. Um, then I usually show it to my my parents or my friends, and um, I'm absolutely amazed by it. So all all my friends go like, you know, with it and go like, ah yeah. <laughs> and um, the the newest thing is water and water animation, and I love it. I really really love it like the the water flow in especially in the brook that he uploaded was so lovely so lovely it it looks shallow it looks nice okay maybe you can't really see where the water is actually going to the right or to the left but it's 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 yeah, yeah, he did comment on the on the interviews that I that I saw in more than one of them. He commented that he never thought that he would have sixteen frame animations going into a fortress. But there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really amazing work, and I am um, I will definitely buy this Steam version, even though I could normally have it, uh, you know, for free. But yeah, I would buy it just to support them, uh, yeah. even even if uh, even if I never played it. But the things, the way things are going, I think that that's looking like it's going to be a prettier tile set. And, and I, part of me doesn't like that. Part of me doesn't want the uh, the Steam release to become the tile set because one of the great things about Dwarf Fortress is that uh, is that there's such a variety of the tile sets and the mods and stuff. So I hope that there's some way that alternate tile tile sets can get integrated into the Steam version. But in any case, I. Uh, uh, yeah, it looks really nice, and I'm going to be probably playing it as my main my main version. Sorry, I was a little rambly there. No, no, it, it makes sense, but I can't, like, imagine this. Uh, okay, yes, it is a really, really good tile set, but I can't imagine that just because it is a really good tile set, suddenly we don't have anything else. Rather than that, I would actually believe that it like kicks the butt of like Vettlinger uh, and just makes him go crazy, and he he suddenly boosts out wonderful new whatever texture packs and stuff. So I would believe that if there is a chance that uh, implementing tire sets into the game will become easier, then we will have an an upgrade in the whole graphic area, like through the bank. Yeah, you may be right. Do I make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I was I was when, while you were talking, I thought you know that you had a really good point. If 
the tools that are being developed to to put the graphics set in the Steam release become available to the modders, then the modders might end up having 16 frame animations in their tile sets as yes. well. And if that happens, yes. then then some of these folks who you know I I don't really consider Mef or Mayday to be any better or worse than like Fetlinger or the Phoebus sets. They're all different. They have different aesthetics. So. Uh, yeah, if if we can have Vetlinger get a hold of the tools that are being able to be used by uh, by the developers who are on this the Steam version, that would be yeah a whole new boon to to tile set development. And if it makes it easier to actually make the mods for whatever reason, then hopefully there will be a lot more people out there who who have nice tile sets and and are able to share them. I would be interested in doing that sort of thing. I like yeah. this stuff. I'm I'm no artist though, and they would be. You know, mine would be the Johan Tux ugly set. <laughs> I mean, I'm no artist either, but I would definitely want to create my own uh, tire set at some point, just because, you know, there is a possibility of me doing that. And even though if my dwarves uh, look like, I don't know, like three boxes stacked on each other like really 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 bad doesn't matter you know i made something and it's cool yep 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 the most important thing about fortress keeping is remembering to seal the ocean plug before thaw you guys agree Let's move to community news. Uh, actually, I think I'll start off this section by saying that we have had some, as, as people can hear already, we have had uh, some activity on our Dwarf Fortress Roundtable bumper blurb line. We've had several people uh, leave messages, and thank you so much for that. So if anyone uh, wants to leave us a message, we're going to put the blurbs inside the uh, inside the the show between the segments, and carrier rates may apply. People got a good laugh out of my computer voice that got inserted in saying that carrier rates will apply. <laughs> we had a few comments about that, but uh, if you want to give us a call and leave us a message, it's four one seven three one two nine four five three. It is not toll free, so if those sort of calls cost you money, especially if you live outside the United States, then uh, be aware of that. We are, I am looking at a alternative method for leaving us a message using a button to be able to record it with your computer. And also, you know what, if you feel like we're recording a, a blurb on your computer and sending it to us, that's fine too. Um, you can send it to Erst at dfroundtable.com. U-R-I-S-T at dfroundtable.com. Uh, you could probably send us a up to three meg or so uh, MP3 file uh, directly to that. Or if it's, you know, hopefully it won't be that much bigger because we're only looking for like 20 second sound bites. But uh, anyway, uh, you can send us a link and, uh, and we can uh, go to it that way too. So. So 417-312-9453 or erst at dfroundtable.com. Other community news, there's been quite a few 
uh, interviews, as we touched on earlier, uh, for Tarn uh, in the community lately. He yesterday was did a Game Dev Days conversation, uh, and you can find that. Uh, you know, if I can find that, I will post a link to it. It was on uh, uh, Twitch. Also, Blind RL, Blindy RL. Uh, there was a, a, another podcast that had a, a turn on and also an interview that was done at Game Developer Conference about a year ago was on Noclip's YouTube channel. I'll put uh, links to all of those in the show notes. Did you get a chance to watch any of those? Yes, actually, I watched the first one, I think, uh, Noclip. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not sure how recently it was made, but it was about a, really, a year ago. Yeah, I, I thought so that it would. It was like a bit older, um, but it was nice. I still have to like watch the rest of them, but uh, yeah. And I'll put a link back to our uh, our episode where we interviewed them because those are really nice. And what I really like about ours, and I think that more people should do, is get Zach on there, because he's an integral part of the game as well. Yeah, also, he's really funny. Oh, yes. His stories are amazing. I hate to hear uh, on, the, uh, on the game dev uh, interview, Tarn revealed that, that Zach had broken his ankle falling downstairs, and it had to do with the uh, the crayon rewards and I was one of the people who <laughs> who who rushed to get my request in for a crayon reward before when they announced that they were going to be stopping doing that. Uh, so I feel guilty now that I might have contributed to to Zach's broken ankle. Sorry about that, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. See, one more thing: we uh, had Alexi on our last episode. Uh, talking about Roguelike Celebration. So yeah, Roguelike Celebration will be October 3rd and 4th. And I know that the call for papers that was that's closing for general speakers on the 30th of June. So that's just going to be a couple days after this has been released. So if you are someone who uh, has anything to do with roguelikes at all, Dwarf Fortress in particular, I suspect that there uh, are a lot of people who uh, possibly program or have are, are into the, the roguelike community in general who listen to this podcast. Head over to roguelike.club, and if you would like to submit a paper for giving a presentation, they are really uh, looking forward to having people uh, send, in their, send in their ideas. It's going to be new this year. It's going to be all virtual, something a little bit different. So they are wide open to all kinds of ideas for virtual content that, that our, our listeners might, might have in mind. So head on over to roguelike.club, uh, get your call for papers response in, and give a presentation at Roguelike Celebration this year. Uh, the most important thing about fortress keeping is experimentation. And I will go on record saying that it was only last summer that I really put my efforts into master this game and strike the earth. Yeah, so here's, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. The last, uh, recently I was playing, 
And I had my dwarves, you know, one of the first things that I do now is I will build a drawbridge to close off the main entrance of the fortress as one of the first things for fortress security. And so I was building that drawbridge and for some reason, and I don't know what the reason was, I still can't figure out why, they had plenty of materials, but they suspended the job like one tile from being done with building the bridge. So I looked, I looked on the, uh, on the Dwarf Fortress wiki, which is, you know, how I typically go for my documentation needs. And I couldn't find anywhere on how to get them to pick the job back up. Have you got any insight on that? Okay, what you want is to click on the bridge if you have mouse control so that on the right side of your screen is now the information about the bridge. So that would be the same as doing the queue, I think. Is that the same the same information that you get whenever you click on a, a, a work a workshop? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So yeah, that's the queue key if you're using vanilla dwarf fortress. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Exactly. And um so now it should say suspended, and all you have to do is basically click S, like small S, and it should unsuspend the bridge, but then you, some dwarf has to pick up the labor again and redo whole the, the, the whole process of uh, getting the job going there and building the bridge. But um, yeah, you, you just have to press S, to unsuspend or to suspend the job uh, for construction, especially. Um, what will cause them to suspend the job? Th there are so many things that could happen. Um, I had like a lot of scared dwarves when they, um, for example, if you are in a, what's it called, a savage biome, and then sometimes you have like flying animal man or flying giant insects or something and some of the stuff is just scaring your dwarves and that's it that there's really not much to it your dwarves can get scared run away bridge get suspended or even if a dwarf is mingling around the area where you want to build so if you want a bridge that raises itself and it's not just gone you you have to put a single tie of the bridge on land so it can like whoop, go on there do, do i make sense yes yes you do and if a dwarf is like mingling in that area and like the architect comes on and is like oh yeah i can't build here and the guy's like i'm sorry i'm standing here you know you, you have to build around me and the architect goes like oh no i can't work i'm going to drink and then the bridge gets suspended um so or or even if you have like bigger projects and you're trying to build like a long long wall sometimes a dwarf with a piece of rock goes through the construction while another dwarf is trying to construct and then it gets suspended it's so annoying but it happens so yeah you have you basically just have to click s and then it probably gets finished Okay. Okay. Well, I will try that. I, it seems like I might have, but 
So, if you click S, <clears throat> and the reason for the suspension is still active, then it's not going to to restart the the project, will it? Or will it? Um, well, it probably will restart the project until the point until to the exact point where the dwarf cannot build further and then he will suspend again so for example if there is still like guy on your bridge or an animal in your wall construction then the dwarves uh, uh, get stone Mm -hmm. gets to the construction site, sees that he can't work, and just leaves again. So, yeah, you uh, it's, it's kind of weird, honestly. So, the game I'm playing right now, I actually built a really big bridge, told them to build a really big bridge, and I'm hoping that it will suspend the progress, uh, suspend the job while, while I'm sitting here looking at it, but it looks like he's going to be successful, actually, so. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, is there a way to find out why it was suspended? I have not. Uh, every time that I've had a job suspended, it just says the job was suspended, and I never am able to find out what the reason was so I can try to fix it. Yeah, well, if it's some kind of military dispute or anything like dangerous, really, you will either find it in the. Like, uh, what's it called? The attack lock or the, the combat lock, I'm sorry, or just the normal information when you press A, like alerts. Mm -hmm. Then most of the time it just says bridge got suspended, uh, but but it hints at why. For, for uh, so sometimes it will say bridge got suspended. A construction site um, inaccessible. Uh, yes, and that that can either mean there is somebody standing there, something is in the way, or uh, the dwarf cannot reach his destination. Right, that so, can happen when you uh, when you lock a door or pull up a drawbridge or turn mm -hmm. on a burrow. Exactly, but you, you can also, you know, try to build a point where the dwarf used to be able to get you, but it's basically drawbridges, or if you make, like, an elaborate mode system and then suddenly wonder, oh, no, I can't reach the other other side of my moat. Yeah, the, you know. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Dwarf Fortress Roundtable. And uh, one quick announcement. We are going to take a hiatus for the uh, month of July. And we will back, be back uh, at the beginning of August for another episode of Dwarf Fortress Roundtable. We've, uh, we've decided to kind of take two breaks a year, uh, one in the middle of summer and one uh, in December uh, around the uh, Christmas holidays and Hanukkah. And uh, so, yeah. I think we will uh, take a couple weeks off. Does that sound good to you, Roland? Absolutely. I hope that as soon as we get back, we have something amazing to tell you guys. But um, we will see about that. <laughs> yeah, maybe that amazing thing will be that everybody in the world loves each other. There are no pandemic viruses flying around. 
and uh, everyone has decided to destroy all weapons. That would be cool. Except for swords, axes, maces, uh, hammers, and anything that your dwarf needs to wipe out goblins. <laughs> all right. All right. So, uh, yeah, everybody will catch you next time. And until then, have a good July. This has been Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things dwarfy. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Please stop by and leave a comment or suggestion in the comments section for this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. Music for this episode is from filmmusic.io. Sky Q. Ellen and Folk Round are both by Kevin McLeod. You can find more music from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Please consider donating to the creators of Dwarf Fortress at Bay12Games.com. If you'd like to help support Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, you can find us on Patreon. Links to all of these are in the show notes. And certainly we all agree, those who are listening to this podcast and the host, that Dwarf Fortress has a special place in our hearts.